This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today in the studio is the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. On the phone, we have our music director, Elaine Trudell, and also with us in, in the studio, all masked up and ready to go, is... Please welcome, don't look scared, Rachel, it's okay. Please welcome the Toledo Symphony's Director of Education and Community Engagement, Rachel Schultz. Hello, Rachel. Hi, thanks for having me back. You didn't know we had that little musical fanfare for you, did you? Uh, I'm very impressed. Yeah. But somehow she knew every note. She was dancing. She knew exactly (laughs) what was coming. Well, you know, I feel like we sort of have to pump it up a little bit when we have a a special guest in the (laughs) studio. Um, you are here to talk a little bit about education. We're, we're kind of framing uh, today's episode around the idea of music in our schools month, which is uh, March, right? We're still in March, yeah. Yes. Marching forward into the uh, educational future. <laughs> anyway, Rachel, you're going to talk to us about uh, some of the stuff that's going on with Toledo Symphony, because we haven't talked with you in a while about uh, education, and that is, as always, a very important part of the TSO's charter. So you want to take it away and talk a little bit first about what's happening right now with the educational activities? Yeah, and, you know, I was just thinking probably the last time we talked was almost a year ago. I think it was just when we were starting to do lessons and everything online. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, a lot has changed, um, which is is great. We're doing a lot of great things. So, one of the one of our our sort of staples of music in our schools month is our work with the Toledo Public Schools. So we have an annual fourth grade concert in which all of the Toledo Public Schools fourth grade classes come to the Peristyle. Mm. Okay, so you know we're not doing that this year. They they can't take field trips. Um, so we will be delivering the concert to them. They'll be able to watch it during their music classroom and uh, rewind, stop, pause, rewatch as many times as they want to. The other thing that is we're able to do, thanks to a lot of our funders, um, last year things shut down right before the fourth grade concert. So the current fifth graders missed out. So they'll be able hmm. to watch as well. So we'll reach a lot of students this year. Yeah, that's great. Um, Elaine, I know that you've been, you know, sort of sequestered away from what's going on here physically, but you're able to engage uh, online and digitally. And I imagine that you've continued to be involved in educational aspects just from where you are. Is that the case? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, And uh, hello, everybody. And (laughs) hello, Rachel, (laughs) again. (laughs) One part that we do is that we're we're working a lot on our Tapa classroom, and uh, we're working on uh, not only programming, but being part of it. Uh, like uh, the concert this week, uh, I was uh, teaching all the moves for the, the little, uh, you know, in the Hall of the Mountain King uh, yeah. and things like that. We can do, we can do a lot even on stage, you know, with the screens and all that. Wait, there are moves for in the Hall of the Mountain oh, King. Oh yeah, it's kind of really? like a macarena meets hand jive. Oh, now I've got to see this. If, if if only Alain were on a video call, he could show it to you. 
Is it is there going to be somewhere where we can watch this uh, this sort of thing, or is that just part of the instruction? Um, I- if you if you support the organization <laughs> at a high enough level, we'll do it for you. Spoken <laughs> like a a true CEO, indeed. That's wonderful. Well, uh, one of the things that I want to do is because you know, even in the face of the pandemic. Um, music education has become so important. And I mean, teachers and students, they've been going through the shutdown, learning from home. It's been very difficult, I know, for a, a lot of kids, as well as for their parents, as well as for teachers. But music seems to be taking on even more importance than ever. And it's certainly something that needs to be preserved, right, during the pandemic. And, 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 and there, there is this disjunction right now as we're all moving into virtual education and, and spending more time in front of our screens. This seems to be the thing that is happening less and less just because this is normally the outreach that would typically happen with school assemblies or field trips, and those just aren't happening right now. Yeah. So I think it's 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 requested us to become a little more facile and innovative in our approach. Well, we can take a, a field trip to Elaine's Facebook page when he posts that video doing the Macarena hand jive version <laughs> of uh, Mazorski, right? <laughs> or, or, uh, Mountain uh, King, yeah. Yeah, Grieg, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of the other yeah. one, Bald Mountain, right? That has a kick line. That's a very different choreography, <laughs> yeah. That's a completely different set of moves. <laughs> well, speaking of moves, uh, I, I asked Rachel, and Elaine is going to weigh in on this too, to tell us um, their their story in terms of your own musical education experience. I mean, for you, Rachel, it was just a few years ago when you started at <laughs> oh. age four. But I'm going to pull up a little music for you. Now, we have a choice here. Let's see. Maybe this will work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's dial it back, Rachel, to... Uh, age four and just tell us how you guys started then you can skip ahead if you want i will okay so i am the youngest of three girls and my older sisters were both forced to play piano when they were six years old Wow! and when my my second sister the middle sister started i was three and i begged to take lessons so you know it was just down the street with the little old lady from the church but it was still pretty great uh, we were required to take lessons through eighth grade, and I kept going. And um, I ended up going to the Cleveland Institute of Music for my undergrad. And I should mention, throughout this time, um, I did not want to teach because I did not like children. Yeah. And I definitely hated the Suzuki method of music <laughs> education because they were just training a bunch of robots. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> wow, like this is the I have ex- so many questions. I know. Me. So this <laughs> is like the exact opposite. Um, so I I needed to take an, an easy elective at CIM, an easy theory elective. So I took the Dalcrozier Mixed Pedagogy. There are no easy uh, <laughs> classes <laughs> on. Yeah theory i'm sorry <laughs> well and so this this is why i took the pedagogy class because i loved the eurythmics teacher at cim david brown like he is amazing and i wanted to watch him work with little kids and just see like how does this giant of a man do this um and it just so happened that semester a local dalcros teacher was having some health issues and she asked me to substitute for her 
And I remember I actually had to take the bus because this was, you know, Cleveland undergrad. I didn't have a car. And I got back on the bus as I was leaving the school. And I was like, I just basically sang and like played with kids for 30 minutes and I got paid. And it was <laughs> really cool. And so that was kind of that was kind of the beginning. Um, so fast forward, I decided to pursue a double major, piano performance and Del Crozier rhythmics. And I was getting ready to graduate and I received a job offer from a school, a really well-known Suzuki school in Iowa City, Iowa, that wanted to start a Eurythmics program and they needed a piano teacher. Again, I was anti-Suzuki this whole time, but I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a job in my field and I only have an undergrad degree. So I, uh, I talked to my, my Eurythmics teacher and he directed me to a fantastic Suzuki piano teacher trainer who is Juilliard trained, like she is a pianist like good technique but she's a suzuki teacher also not just um but she was a suzuki teacher so i did my training with her the method makes sense um and since then it's kind of you know i've never gone back so it all kind of fits together what do you think zach I love this story, actually. Uh, but th- there, there are some terms there that some of our listeners might not know. Uh, so, w- could you explain what the Suzuki method is and why you abhorred it so much? Yeah, I'm just swishing music. Don't mind me. Right. <laughs> He's just having fun. Um, so, Dr. Suzuki was a Japanese educator who realized that all children in Japan spoke Japanese, and <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> Well, he got a doctorate, though, so <laughs> he came okay. upon it through great research. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it was, um, and he figured that every child, when given the opportunity, can learn to speak and when they're surrounded with the right environment. And so in Suzuki lessons, the parents are very actively involved and they are, it's kind of like, we call it the mother tongue method yeah. like the more you hear it the more you'll be able to um, repeat it so you think about maybe how you both have children like how your kids were learning how to speak like they made sounds and you know you would praise them for saying dada and Definitely. then dada became dad and then they started sentences and then paragraphs and then you started writing this is an A and this is a B and so it's just kind of um, it follows the the way you learn a language. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to learn how to speak, actually. <laughs> you, you will someday have a great career. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll work on it. The, uh, th- then, then, Rachel, what is, what is this Delcro's that you studied? Okay, so Delcro's Eurythmics was... Um, so, Emile-Jacques Delcro's was a... Now you're just uh, showing off. ...an educator <laughs> <laughs> um, who kind of... It, it's a holistic approach to music education. So, different... Um, schools take it a different way. So some people really value like the creativity of your clap. So it's basically embodifying the music. Um, so you become the the quarter notes and the half notes. At CIM, it was much more of a technical approach. It was almost like a mathematical approach to music. Um, you talk, you work a lot with yes, feeling the beat, moving with the beat, but subdividing to the to the sixteenth notes, doing cross rhythms with your body. Um, it, it, so it's just a 
it's just a really great way. At the early stages, it gets kids introduced to music, you know, three years old, mm. through movement, through using their whole body. Yeah. And I think and we might have had a uh, Cresswell in my class. Oh, yeah? A long time ago. Long, long time ago. Yeah. How Very did uh, Annie Lennox and um, Dave Stewart get involved <laughs> in this? <laughs> Yeah, I, that that I'm not quite sure about. But eurythmics <laughs> means like good rhythm, good flow. So maybe, oh, I get it now. maybe yeah, Annie yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. went that direction. I can see with that. It. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. for somebody who, um, you know, the idea of, of working with sticky, stinky children uh, was <laughs> so. <laughs> are they sticky or are they stinky? Well, well if both. you meet We're my both. daughters, yeah, both. Um, okay. But uh, uh, what does it mean to spend all this time educating kids, especially when it comes to music? Oh, my goodness. So that is what I just was so unexpected to me once I started teaching piano lessons. Um, was, uh, I mean, just the excitement that you see in their faces. Mm. Um, and I... I still do. I look at it as kind of a puzzle. Like I, I need to be almost like an investigator to try and get the kids to do what I want them to do without just telling them to do it, if that makes sense. Like you almost kind of have to trick Well, them. they have to be interested in it. Right. I mean, it has to be something they can engage in. Yeah. And, and that must be part of the uh, process for you as well and where the rewards come and finding those things that engage with kids, that open their eyes, that open their minds and their hearts to music. That, that's really something that, you know, whether a kid becomes a musician or continues playing or singing or performing, whatever they do throughout their lives, it still helps shape them a, as a person. It still helps open their possibilities up, right, and the way that they view the world and see everything around them. So, I mean, I mean you know, just like all teachers – you have a, a big hand in crafting who this person is going to be down the road in the future. And it's great to see that, that music remains a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, uh, you have something you want to say, Zach? I, you were going to say something. Oh, well, I just, you're talking about, um, you know, you're looking at the entire child. And that is another big thing about uh, Dr. Su- Suzuki's idea is that you're developing the entire child. You're not just creating a prodigy, which mm-hmm. is what I thought Suzuki was all about back in the day. Um, that was you, your comment about creating robots. Right, yeah. exactly. You're not just about creating uh, musical prodigies. You are really interested in developing the entire child and the entire family. So just to be clear, you're a fan of Suzuki now. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> She's okay. considering it. Okay. Well, I just I it's think you know when, when we yeah. <laughs> we often think about um, education, youth education. I mean, kids go to school usually together. They have a class that they more or less matriculate with. It's a social thing. A lot of times, studying music is is highly individual, highly um, specialized. Um, and if you talk to some uh, professional musicians, they'll even say it's uh, completely introverted. And uh, what I love about the work that Rachel does, and Rachel, you're really good at it, is that you develop these wonderful relationships with these kids and their parents. And this idea of developing the whole child and family becomes part of it. Going to practice or going to a lesson is not being stuck in a, a a room with a piano and one one teacher. I mean, these are 
These are many times relationships that are forged early that last for a very long time. And I look at some of Rachel's students who are now in high school. And I mean, you're you're like a, a social worker for them in some <laughs> ways. Uh, but because you, you had this foundation and um, you have you know such such a huge amount of camaraderie. And I think that when you speak in that musical language from such an early age, and we we endow these children with that capability, they can't help but have some special moments of recognition for the relationships that they've forged. Yay! Okay. Now, Elaine, I know you've been waiting very patiently and very quietly by the phone. You're still there, right? Of course. Okay. I've been, I've been listening with great interest. You see what he did? He made us wait yeah. for a second there, and I, I thought we actually lost him for it. But, but we have you back. We have you here. We never lost you, I should Conductors say. Conductors never miss their entrances. No. That's right. They they just make an entrance. Right? So... Uh, Elaine, let's hear a little bit of your musical education story because you came to it a little bit later in life. Uh, Let me pull up those happy strings here. There we go. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's hear your let's hear your music ed story. My well, in my in my particular story, uh, education mixes. With community work very uh, very closely I started in a community brass band when I was 12 so I didn't have any you know piano violin lessons because I came from a quite a modest uh, uh, background and uh, we didn't have any money for that so uh, I started in this group that was uh, you know run by people that were volunteering their time big fans of music some of them studied music some others uh, were just like one was a policeman uh, one was uh, at an ice cream parlor another one actually did some music lessons and they but they had all together this love of uh, of music and a real interest in youth you know to uh, in the neighborhood i lived in you had to find something to do as a teenager Otherwise, the street would find something for you to do. Hmm. So uh, yeah. it was, <laughs> and it's still the same in many places, right? So, and I, you know, I've, I've been, uh, I've had a few teenagers myself, and I know that if uh, they're not busy, they, if you don't keep them busy, they'll find something to do. It's not always the best idea, you know. Sometimes it's good, but not always. So it's yeah. good if you keep them busy. So anyway, so I, I just wanted to play. Um, I just wanted to be around my friends, and they wanted to make music, and I, I love music, of course. My parents were jazz musicians at some point in their career, because, you know, jazz musicians, they also, at some point, need to make a little bit of money, so often they stop being jazz musicians. But, uh, and that's that, but uh, it's like that. Uh, and they, I started in the, in the band, and it was basically this... Uh, these people who went, it would go out like trumpet player would take his guard and go to Chicago and go hear a master class with Brother Seth, you know? Now, he's not a professional, but they would like pack two or three of people and just go out there and then come back. And, and that, that was like, you know, you learn cause, because you really, really want to go, you want to do it. And then they'd come back and give us all these techniques. There was one guy who was really big into yoga, and that's uh, how I learned to breathe when i when i play my instrument and to this day this is still the technique i use for breathing when i play so i learned this like the second week i was in the brass band when i was 12 years old and i still use that so you never know where your education is going to come from and that's 
that's important because we live in a time where, well, for example, where I live, well, when I live, when I'm not in, in my, my apartment in Toledo, <laughs> it's, uh, there's, there's over here a big disengagement that people think that, you know, there's so much money flowing in the arts and it's not so much the case anymore in Canada because there's a big disengagement of a government in, uh, in music education or education. Um, I would say music education primarily. And people have to get together and it's kind of the will of the people that, that, that puts it together. So that, that was, I, since I started like that, I don't feel like uh, it, it, it's strange. I mean, it's a bit disappointing, but I don't feel like it's strange to have to rely on each other. So education, yes coming from wherever you can get it that's interesting for me that was that was a point of interest when you're a kid you never think about it. You, you're, you're not thinking well this is a pedagogue well or this is not a pedagogue or it was like well this person is sharing with me so education is about sharing uh i'm not you know it's not a big uh, eureka moment for anybody it's true yeah. but you know sometimes you you share a mix of life experience with a certain, uh, you know, uh, if you learn to play an instrument or you learn uh, English or you're going to mathematics, but there's a part of life experience that, that, that you can teach, especially when you have younger kids and teenagers, and that's where you find your mentors. And very often your mentors are not the people that you're, like you ask like big star athletes and you ask them about their mentors, it's usually their high school coach or a uh, It's rarely, you know, it's rarely the coach they have in the NFL or something like that. I mean, they're great, amazing people, but 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 by then, you kind of know, you're supposed to know what you're doing. And to start well, you need people that are going to be in your corner, going to have your back when you're very young. And I had the very good fortune of having that. And then I auditioned to go in a school because uh, all the schooling is free well it was free and and I auditioned to go in a special school where they had actually an orchestra and a band and choral and I got in But uh, and then the teacher from that school became my my big really big mentor for me so it's not just about learning a skill it's about learning life and it's about having an example in front of you of uh, an honorable person doing uh, honorable work and sharing the love of something they really believe in. And that that stays with you all your life after that. Okay. Well, I'm glad to know that you and Rachel are keeping those uh, kids off the streets, right? (laughs) (laughs) Keeping them in the classroom, keeping them learning uh, about music. Um, We have a little bit of time left, and I want to try to fit in a few quiz questions, but... Before we do it that, it is an education show. By the way, it we is should at least ed- test our metal education mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, though, is there is there anything else that you guys want to add about what's going on currently or what's coming up in the future with uh, education and TSO? Uh, yeah. So we've been doing our young people's concerts this year and offering them um, online. So what is great about that is if you did not have a chance to see our concert in November, Music of the Great Lakes, you can still watch it if you contact me. And our <laughs> most recent one that we did uh, just the end of February was TikTok TSO, which we actually did have, uh, we made TikTok videos. I don't know. Is it TikToks or just TikTok videos? I, I don't know. I'm not cool enough to know. <laughs> um, 
I think you can get away saying both. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not weighing in either way. All right, good. Uh, so our, our TSO musicians made a, a TikTok, and then we had our some of our students play along with it, and those served as an introduction to to some of the music. Oh, um, cool. And it w- it's really educational. You're talking about layering and different approaches to composition. So um, definitely visit the the Toledo Symphony website for more information on that. Um, and they can contact you there. You said to, to yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. I I can uh, I can arrange for them to get access. Very good. I think the uh, the ability to offer this virtual programming though is is really interesting because uh, as Rachel mentioned, it doesn't end when the last note is played, but then it allows music classes to create content for their students and they can fit it into a couple different classes if they want. They can do it all at once. It, it's, it, you know, having the sort of older model that we used to enjoy where we were doing a school assembly, let's face it, assemblies mess up the schedule for the day. It makes the teachers and the other classes, you know, all have to give up some time. It's Th- that's good. why the kids love them. That's why the kid lo- <laughs> loves it. But but now it, it's kind of on demand, which I think is such an interesting innovation that we continue to see facility for. And, you know, that's actually kind of inspired us to go in a couple different directions with education as well. Yeah. So we're in the process of launching Tapa Classroom, uh, which will be a, an online education resource for music and dance because, you know, Tapa is not just the symphony, but we have uh, the ballet with us as well. And we're hoping that that will, you know, it's music in our schools month. Music in the schools is very important. Music teachers are very important. We are in no way trying to overthrow music teachers, uh, but we want to try and make their lives a little bit easier, give them more tools so that they can be the best they can be. So what Rachel said is super important because we're there to to help out, we're there to be to be part of the community, to be part of our school. We're not there to come in and, and take the place of anybody because people are there are incredible. They're doing such an amazing job. And if they can feel like, you know, well I got this the symphony's got my back on this, this is this is really uh, something that can empower a lot of people. And uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, some of the younger students they can be impressed by by, by saying, Oh wow my, my teacher has some really you know some good friends mm-hmm. and uh, and it just it, it just gives more power to those wonderful teachers Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you got right. a lot of applause today <laughs> you, yeah. yeah you well that's good i i thought i, I thought i'd get one good job guys <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged good job guys <laughs> there you go again we, we have rachel doesn't know who that is right it's Tiny Trudell. Tiny Trudell. It's Elaine's daughter. Oh. She made a cameo a few episodes ago, and now we have her in every episode. Oh. Right? Yeah. She is pretty cute. She is. Yeah. We we oh. used to get a great yeah, big awe, oh, you know. Every time I played that, everybody would be like, oh. And now you're like, oh, no. again. He's playing and it again. Ellen, I, I'm sure, I just have never yeah. met your other children. I'm sure they are just as adorable <laughs> as she is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that that's she's it. She's the only one with an agent. I was just going to say. <laughs> the other Excellent. ones don't, don't appear on the soundboard yet. <laughs> so let's see how much of this uh, quiz we can fit into the program today. Uh, we may have to take some of it to the uh, podcast. Let's just do the questions that I get right. 
<laughs> okay, let me skip through here. Oh, well, we're done for the day. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, this is a, a music quote quiz, right? You have to tell me who said it. I'll give you three choices of who said this quote about music. For instance, here's one we all know. I may not be a first-rate composer, but I'm a first-class, second-rate composer, right? That, that was Richard Strauss. Lesser okay. artist, lesser artist borrow, great artist steal. That was Stravinsky. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think I know he's going to win this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to take a little nap. <laughs> this will be this will be multiple choice. Okay. That doesn't so it's help. A, B, or C. Uh, if music be the food of love, play on. Was that William Shakespeare, yes. Ben Johnson, or Christopher yeah. Marlowe? I got the first one. A. What was your answer? Shakespeare. Shakespeare, yes. Or Marla, depending on how you read the, the history. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. well, those from the play Twelfth Night. Okay. There are two means of refuge from the miseries of life, music and cats. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> Rachel, are you raising your hand because you said that? I, it was yeah. me. It was <laughs> music and cats. Okay, was it Albert Schweitzer? Was yep. it Albert Einstein? Or was it Albert Finney? <laughs> I like how, how deep you had to go into the Albert box to get the... <laughs> I so, could have stopped after the first Albert, right? <laughs> you could have, only because... Oh, no, uh, I love it. I have a very dear friend who loved loved cats, and she had that on her um, on her refrigerator, wow. right next to magnets of all the different cat pets. Oh. Okay. Well, tell me if this one's on your refrigerator, all right? The music is not in the notes, but in the silence between... Was that Beethoven? Was that Mozart? Or was that Wagner? Mozart. Wow. Rachel's tied with Zach now. You're cleaning up there, Rachel. I know. Yeah, it was Mozart. Okay. The only love affair I have ever had was with music. Was that Debussy? Was it Ravel or Satie? Haven't had a single bad buzzer yet. Yeah, I know. I don't want to be the first. <laughs> I want to say it's Ravel. Back of the head by one, Ravel. Okay. Wow. I was stuck on Satie, though. Could have been I, I was going to yeah. go that way. Mm. Music can name the unnameable and communicate the unknowable. Was it Leonard Bernstein, Aaron Copeland, or George Gershwin? <sighs> name the unnameable and communicate the unknowable. Burns. <laughs> I was. Yeah, well, you were you were there. Yeah, go with it, Bernstein. Bernstein, yeah, Leonard Bernstein. Very good. Zach is ahead by two. You might win this thing, Zach. Impossible. Okay, love is friendship. Set to music. Was it David Hockney, Jackson Pollock, or Ansel Adams? Love uh, is friendship. Set to music. Hockney. Uh, no. Oh, there it was. <laughs> I had to look and see. Pollock. <laughs> Pollock. Yeah. Jackson Pollock. One for a land. Okay, we're getting there. Music is what tells us that the human race is greater than we realize. Was it Napoleon Bonaparte? Was it Julius Caesar? Or was it Frederick the Great? Take a guess. Mm. Pass. Uh, C. <laughs> no, not C either. Uh, it was Napoleon, actually. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. I would rather write 10,000 notes than a single letter of the alphabet. Was that <laughs> Gustav Mahler? <laughs> was probably, that, probably. Was that Ludwig van Beethoven or was it Percy Granger? Mm. I would rather write 10,000 notes than a single letter of the alphabet. Mahler, Beethoven, or Granger? Wow. That's a great quote. I wish I knew it. Yeah, I'll now go you Granger. Do. 
It's Beethoven. Yeah, it's Beethoven. You yeah. should have said it then. I have a feeling that Alain has known the answers to all of these. I know, he's just waiting for us to struggle. <laughs> that that or he's very quick on the Google. Like, or is he call it in Canada, Google. Okay, guys, it was Beethoven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Was that Rudyard Kipling, Arthur O'Shaughnessy, Roald uh, Dahl, or Willy Wonka? It is Willy Wonka. Well, it is, Raw but where does yeah. it come from? <laughs> Raw Dahl. Yeah, yeah. It's with- no, it's not Raw Dahl, actually. That's a buzz. Boy, he says it, doesn't he? Uh, no, it's Arthur O'Shaughnessy. In, in his ode, he wrote the poem. It says, we are the dreamers of dreams. He also coined the term movers and shakers, which he used in that poem. And that, that caught on as well. So Arthur O'Shaughnessy, name to know. That goes to nobody. Okay, with, without music, life would be a mistake. Was that Friedrich Nietzsche? Wow, sad. Yeah. Okay, last one. This is the bonus question. I am hitting my head against the walls, but the walls are giving way. Was that Mahler, <laughs> Schoenberg, or Mahler, Bartok? Mahler. It was Mahler. Mahler. Totally Mahler. <laughs> I mean, you guys, really, you, you all did really well, but I think we have to give it to uh, Zach. I'd like to share this award with my, my <laughs> fellow contestants because it was a group effort to educate the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice also, try. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> this program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. And remember, you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find the TSO streaming concerts online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Elaine Trudell, and our special guest, Rachel Schultz. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.